Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, I have uh, Steve Larson here with uh, me from Adelphi Paper Hangings. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your background. Well, my background uh, came from a uh, fine arts background. Um, I studied, uh, actually I studied ceramics in school. And uh, toward the end of my time there, I began to work with paper mache uh, and started covering the paper mache with what I thought of as old wallpaper, wallpaper from the the 1950s and the 1960s. And uh, so I, I continued to work with paper mache and wallpaper. Um, um, and I'll jump back a little bit. Uh, my first experience or exposure uh, to wallpaper was actually when I was quite young. My father managed to paint in a wallpaper store. And okay. so he would, he would oftentimes bring home uh, obsolete pattern books. And I got to cut those up. And, uh, and of course, we had mm, a, a bit of wallpaper in the house, uh, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I was always around wallpaper. Um, but going back to the, to the artwork, I, I worked, uh, worked with paper mache, wallpaper, and uh, depending, you know, I, I would have to find old wallpaper in small, small paint stores uh, where they used to uh, used to have old stock and they would sell it to me for a dollar a roll. And uh, that was fine. But then I, I got to the point where I wanted to um, uh, develop other patterns and, and colors. And I thought it would be good to, to learn how to print wallpaper. So coincidentally, about that time, I came across a, a project at the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown. And uh, it's a project that my, uh, my current business partner, uh, Chris Orstrom had set up, and they were they were demonstrating uh, block printing wallpaper, and uh, so I immediately um, latched onto that, and I started to work at the museum in the in the uh, in the uh, in the print shop there. And after a few years, uh, Chris, who uh, is well connected with restoration and renovation field, felt like there was enough interest in block printed wallpaper that it could be it could be a business so in 1999 we uh, split off from the farmers museum and uh, started to delphi paper hangings 
Uh, paper hangings is simply the the old word for for wallpaper. It was used to differentiate it between uh, uh, paper and textiles because quite oftentimes they would hang textiles. Oh yes, yeah. So paper hangings were um, were were less expensive than textiles, and um, um, and so it was a term used uh, pretty much through uh, the mid nineteenth century. Um, and um, so we, yeah, we started in 1999. The first, the first year was largely just research and development because there wasn't a lot of uh, written information on block printing of wallpaper, especially in uh, in the U.S. Uh, there are there are companies in Europe uh, that that block print uh, a few of them, but. Uh, um, there was not a lot of shared information, so we had to we had to do a lot of experimenting. So it was a lot of the wallpaper then in America. Was it imported? Was that, um, or was it was some of it manufactured here? The records just weren't available. Well, the um, as far as historic wallpapers go, I mean the uh, uh, wallpapers up until the Revolutionary War were primarily imported uh, and imported from uh, from from England and some from France um, but after after uh, after the war the uh, the American um, wallpaper industries began and uh, they were uh, uh, oftentimes they were copy uh, or were highly inspired by uh, European designs and so they said well our our papers, the American papers, were just as good as the, the English and the French papers, but cheaper. Um, well, they were usually cheaper, but the quality varied a little bit. I mean, they, were, <laughs> they, were, they were just getting started. Right. Um, but uh, but it, after, and then after the, the turn of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the 19th century, the, uh, the American industry really took off and just continued from, continued from there. Um, block printing was how papers were printed um, exclusively uh, up until about 18, 18, 1840s or so. Okay. And then after the 1840s, um, machine printing uh, took over. And so uh, is block printing like the I, I don't want to call them stencils, but they kind of they're they're like the the blocks of wood that you yes press mm -hmm. pattern yeah. on. Okay. The, the, yeah, okay. the blocks the blocks are uh, it's really like large rubber stamps, and uh, so we have uh, we have all of the blocks uh, made for us. Uh, the one major um, concession to um, modern technology is that our blocks are not hand carved; uh, they're laser cut. Okay. Uh, if we were if we were uh, hand carving the blocks, uh, we'd probably have a good ten patterns by now. Right. <laughs> I've done a little bit, and it takes it takes a long time. So the the yeah the old wallpaper factories. I mean, they had you know separate workshops just for carving blocks, making the and, making yeah, the pattern. And, yeah. Uh, so our our blocks are are like I say, they're laser laser engraved. Okay, well, and so we kind of talked a little bit about the history of of the wall coverings and the different types of manufacturing. So you're you're still doing the block printing process. That's yeah, that's all okay. we do is is block print. 
And um, and then does the do you you compared it to rubber stamp? So that made me think about like, do you then color the 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 actual like stamp or the the block then, or do you like hand color it in? Like how does how no? Does it's uh, we have yeah we have a uh, uh, the printing press um, to the right side of the printing press itself. There's a there's a large uh, bin which has uh, uh, um, it has a uh, a, uh, um, a flow it has a frame with a flexible uh, bottom on the frame and this this frame sits on a on, on in a tub of water so that that felt is is uh, uh, flexible and you you brush the paint into the into the felt and then you you tamp the uh, the block into the into the paint and lift the block off put it on the paper and then bring bring the uh, the printing mechanism over and yeah. and apply pressure yeah very similar to like an ink pad so i guess the, yeah. mm -hmm. I, the idea of a rubber stamp is very yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it gives it gives somebody who doesn't have experience with with this an idea of how that works yeah yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, so talk to me about the products and services that you offer. Well, uh, we offer um, uh, wallpapers, um, patterns that are primarily in, historically in from the golden age of block printing, which was um, uh, 1740 to 1840. Uh, and um, so, a lot of the patterns that we have are uh, of American origin. Uh, we have a, a, quite a few uh, uh, historic French patterns as well as uh, as English patterns. Um, so that's uh, um, yeah, that's 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 all we do is just just block print block print wallpaper. Um, do you match um, like if somebody would have a section of wallpaper that they that they that they found like behind? you know, paint or something with, oh, would yeah. you be able to yeah. match that? Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's always a, can be sort of a challenge, um, uh, especially if um, they don't have a, a, a complete uh, section of the pattern. And, 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 and so we either have to um, extrapolate what may have been there uh, using you know examples of other similar patterns as as a guide, um, or um, uh, but we don't you know we, we we rather not you know fabricate things. We, we right. rather have yeah. rather have the whole the whole pattern. So um, what's like the ideal size? Then like is it is it like narrow and like I don't know what the dimensions would be like. Yeah, well it it sort of depends. It's okay. I mean of course there's some patterns that are of course quite small. Um uh, our um uh, Adina Adina pin ring that's one of uh, that's one of our patterns that came from a a, a historic site in uh, Chillicothe, Ohio. Um, they sent us a strip a wallpaper that had been behind the chair rail, and it was n no more than three inches wide. Right, chair rail's not very big. <laughs> no, but there was enough there that we could determine what the whole pattern was because it's it's you know, it's just a, it's a uh, you know, a series of circles and and dots and and little medallions, and so that was that was fairly easy to to figure out what what was there. 
And uh, currently we're working on a pattern for um, Colonial Williamsburg that uh, uh, we weren't quite sure of the structure of the pattern, but there's one, there was one little spot on the pattern that gave us a hint as to how the whole thing fit together. Uh, there's, there are several ways it could have gone together, but you know, when we investigated it, um, we realized that uh, um, it had to be set up in a, in a certain way. So, so, and and that that one was maybe you know twelve inches by twenty inches, so okay. it, was, it wasn't too big. Right. Um, there are other patterns uh, like the um, oh um, the well our most extravagant pattern is called uh, Revion Arabesque number six hundred, and that has a uh, um, has a six foot uh, re pattern repeat. And, oh my goodness, uh, that's really wide. It was, yeah, it's quite tall. Uh, fortunately, there were um, uh, there's a, a complete roll at the Cooper Hewitt Museum in, in New York City. So we used we used their roll to to base our to base our pattern on. And that one, that one, like I say, that's rather a more extravagant pattern because it's not only block printed, but there are many areas of color that are hand painted. And then the last thing is to uh, to apply gold leaf to oh. um, certain certain areas. So that 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 pattern uh, we did for the uh, DAR Museum in, in Washington. Um, um, took quite a while, so it sort of involved everyone here at the shop. Oh, that sounds like it would. And and then to, do you then go and install it also and make sure that oh, like no. everything lines up? No, okay. no. Okay. Yeah, and that's uh, no installation is a whole another right another uh, field. And uh, in fact, over the last couple of days, we've had calls from individuals who mm, thought they had figured out how much paper they needed. Oh, and, no. and then they, they found out that they're, you know, one roll short. So um, you have to be careful when you're, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're calculating how much you'll, how much you'll need. It always takes more than you think. Well, that's what I was thinking. You probably, it's better to over, overestimate than to underestimate because at least then you have it. And if something would happen, you have like a sample. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's, um, typically it's best to order 15% more than, than you'll need for the job. Uh, just in case there is some, there is some damage later on. You can, you have some to right. replace it with. Yeah. The, um, and I and I don't know if this is a different type of I it, I was thinking about when you were talking about the the pattern that was six feet tall. Um, I I believe it was at Winter Tour I saw uh, like a whole mural. Is that a different type of printing process for for the wallpaper? No, it's just okay. it's just a lot more a lot more involved, more complex. Right. Yeah. Okay, so it's similar. Yeah. And though. and there is I mean the uh, the French company Zuber. Uh, in France, well, the French company in France, um, <laughs> uh, they still block print their scenic papers using blocks that were carved in the, you know, in the early, early 19th century. And uh, so they'll have, you know, thousands of blocks printing hundreds of colors. Um, 
we're a shop of uh, of of five people. Right. Um, we 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 don't we can't do that. And, no, um, and 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 I would think that that would take a lot a lot of time and yeah a lot of a lot of people too because or or you'd have to devote yourself to just something that large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the market for that is is relatively small. I would think um, it would be mostly the museums, but there might yeah, be. A well, there's a lot of uh, homeowners that that are you know and designers that are still purchasing Zubair patterns. Okay. Um, uh, America uh, in the in the 19th century was the uh, the largest um, client for the French scenic papers after after France. So there was a lot of a lot of uh, French scenic papers that ended up uh, in the in the in the U.S. And, and in fact, it was a fragment of a scenic paper that um, Chris, my business partner, um, saw, and that got him really interested in in block printed wallpaper. He had a uh, a small historic paints company, and uh, he just happened to be uh, snipping around in in a old house that was being demolished, and found this really bright fragment of a of a wallpaper, and that that led him to investigate what this was all about. So, oh, so we we're you know, we still, we still have fun trying to figure out how to, how to do things. Yes. Yes. So uh, you've mentioned a couple of your, of your notable projects, but do you want to talk about a, a few more? Uh, yeah, there, I mean, we're, we've, we're, uh, working on, um, several things now. Uh, let's see, we're working on some patterns for, um, uh, Mount Vernon. Um, we've done uh, a number, I think four or five rooms for Mount Vernon already, and uh, they're working on a few more. Um, we've uh, done some patterns for uh, James Madison's uh, Montpelier. Um, and then, like I say, the DAR Museum in Washington, D.C. has a number of our papers. Um, Dumbarton House in, in Washington. Um, uh, Dundurn Castle in Ontario. Uh, we did a pattern for the for uh, Sir John Soane's museum in London, and that was that was an interesting project. They had um, they had found an entire wall of a pattern that they wanted reproduced, and we had to print our paper to match the exact size of the original one, and so that. That took a bit of calculation because uh, because when you apply paste to to to, to the wallpaper, it always expands. Right. So when when we drafted the patterns, we had to actually draft it somewhat smaller just to allow for the expansion. Um, and uh, we did several papers for um, Strawberry Hill in outside of London, and. Um, Oh, let's see, the Ulysses S. Grant Boyhood Home in Ohio. And, um, and of course, uh, we did uh, the paper for the, uh, the, uh, the Lincoln Bedroom in, uh, at the White House some years ago. Oh, very cool. Okay, so um, from your vantage point and what you see, what challenges or trends do you see in preservation? Um, well, the I mean, I think the challenges um, 
for us are, are really just, uh, like I say, in those uh, when we're working on sp specific projects to you know, have, have um, uh, complete patterns to work with. Right. The overall restoration field, um, I'm, I'm not, not that well versed in, uh, in right. what, what's out there. Um, most of our clients have either been historic sites or uh, designers working on contemporary homes. Um, there, we've had some, some private individuals with uh, historic homes that have purchased paper, but that is not a, uh, not, um, a large section of our, of our uh, clientele. Right, and that makes sense to me because I would think the historic sites are trying to you know, take it back to the time period of significance. Yeah. And the designers know what's out there and usually have clients that are willing to kind of push the boundaries a little bit beyond what people usually have in their homes. So that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we enjoy working with the designers, especially if they take advantage of our take advantage of our custom coloring and because they, they don't necessarily want to use those historic colors. They want to try try new ones. And some some designers will make take take the historic patterns and and make them quite muted and oh, other yeah. design other designers we have just they go crazy i mean they, <laughs> they, which is great i mean we yeah. we like to do custom coloring because it when you change the colors in a pattern it in it, it it changes the overall effect of the uh, of the design and uh and um so you know it's 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 you know interesting to see other people's perspectives. Yes, yes, yeah. I would, I would think that that would be. It would be something different too. So you're not just replicating the same thing over and over again. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. And uh, uh, and of course, I mean, we have. I think maybe a hundred and two, hundred and five sidewall patterns. But of those, there's probably twenty that we will sell on a regular basis. And there's others that we sell once in a while. And then there's a few that we really like, but <laughs> they've, never, they've never sold. And, 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 and yeah, and for us, I mean, that's one challenge is to um, try to determine what patterns are going to be marketable. Right. You know, because it's not always the ones that we like. Um, uh, but, uh, um, uh, and so quite often, the patterns that we add to our line are ones that have that someone has commissioned us to do. Uh, like a historic site will say, "Well, we found this pattern uh, and we want to have it reproduced," and so we will give them you know, two sets of prices: one set of prices for uh, the pattern if it's exclusively for them. And okay. another another set of prices where you know if they allow us to license the pattern from them, then uh, we we will take over part of the cost of having the blocks made, right. and and they will receive a royalty for any subsequent sales. Oh, that's and, that's really seems like a win win for the historic. Yeah, side. I mean that's that's yeah. a, it's always good for them. So yeah, um, and uh, and and we've and we've worked. Uh, quite a bit with both uh, historic New England and Boston, uh, and the uh, and the Cooper Hewitt Museum uh, and Colonial Williamsburg, um, 
uh, and uh, uh, and and then lots of small small institutions. But but historic New England and 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 the Cooper Hewitt both had very extensive wallpaper collections, and uh, so that's uh, that's always a good source for 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 patterns. Well, and 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 you get to to see their collections too, which I'm sure helps you with, oh, yeah. with some of your yeah. pattern work. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We always like to work with when we're developing a pattern. We like to have the the actual historic paper. Uh, although sometimes um, uh, we have to work from a you know a, a photograph that's been printed to scale. But to be act to be able to actually see see the paper and see the paint, um, even if it's faded, um, it gives us a better sense of uh, of what it was historically. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, is there anything that we, that you wanted to cover that we didn't get a chance to talk about, or that I didn't ask you? Um, that that's that's covers quite a bit of it. Uh, okay. I mean, our 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 website, um, 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 AdelphiPaperHangings.com. Uh, remember the the S on the hangings. Yes. Uh, the uh, there is a video on the uh, on the opening page of the of the website, and that shows shows the process and and which really helps explain. Uh, what it is that block printing is all okay, about. Yeah, very good. We'll make sure that we have that on our site where we host the podcast so that if somebody needs to find your website from there, we can, you know, it okay. sometimes it's a okay. little bit easier. Okay. Um, and then what, is there any other way that someone should contact you? Um, go, no, I mean, go to the website uh, and the, you know, our, our, um, uh, there's a link for, uh, for, uh, you know, asking questions about papers okay. and how to order. Um, uh, designers um, can work with several of the showrooms that we work with, and the, the showrooms are also listed okay. uh, on the website. Um, and, and I suppose, you know, one one thing that I would want to emphasize is, I mean, people say, well, why is, you know, why is block printing so different than anything else? Block printing of wallpaper, the final result is you get a much better sense of you know paint on paper. I mean, it's not that it's textured, but it's it's a very physical um, has a very physical presence. And because of the kind of paint that we use, it's a very matte paint. Light is absorbed into the paint, and and it has a very rich. Uh, surface appearance um, which and it's very very different from either screen printing or or uh, digital printing which um, right they can they can do other things um, but if you're reproducing an historic pattern uh, uh, block printing uh, really gives you a better a better um, uh, sense of of uh, the historic well, yeah, I would think it's it's because it's not really textured, but it's a depth because you actually are like putting multiple layers on. You're not just imprinting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so very, very, very um, interesting. Do you have um, if someone was interested? Do you have samples that you that would be on the website? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, samples, uh, small samples, uh, 
business envelope size. Those are free of charge. Uh, they okay. just send it, send their address and then larger samples, um, 12 inches cut from a roll. Um, those are, uh, those are $15 each. Very, very, and I think that that would be important too to see, oh, like yeah. to, to touch and see, to yeah. really get the understanding. So that's that's a good um, something. And, good. and like I say, custom coloring is is always always available. So <laughs> and, because, and you I like mean, the and you like the bright colors. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, we we offer most patterns have four different colorways. The first colorway is always the historic one, and then the second colorway uses colors that were appropriate for that time period and the other two colorways are usually more contemporary but even with that of course i mean someone may not it, it may not work with someone's um, interior and and so we can we can work with them and and uh, customize the, the pattern for them very 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 good. Um, well, I thank you so much for for um, coming on today. I, I really I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, I did too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.